Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 93rd episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast, the flagship podcast of thepopbreak.com. That's right, everyone. We are seven episodes away from our 100th episode in our vaunted, ill-produced, epic Moneyball podcast that we're going to do for episode 100. There is still no plans. There are still no format. It's literally going to come together at the last second, and we could not be more proud of ourselves. Of course, the dulcet tones you hear right now are myself, Bill Bodkin, editor-in-chief of thepopbreak.com, and I am your host for this episode, which, of course, is about The Mandalorian Season 3 premiere. Oh, oh, maybe it's not, because we are actually in the Boba Book Club still. It is Chapter 5, The Return of the Mandalorian, where we saw our favorite helmeted hero back. And uh, speaking of returns, we have quite a few returns on this episode. I am very, very excited just to ask questions and not try and give trash theories like I have the last few weeks or just close the episode poorly like I have this entire year. 2022 has not been my best podcasting uh, hosting year, but making his return, as he does most weeks, uh, as my co-host and reluctant best friend and reluctant managing editor of the popbreak.com. But he most importantly made his return to concert photography this week. You will see his photos of Casey Musgraves live from, I believe, the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia, <laughs> Pennsylvania. Mr. Al Manorino, buddy, you told me I better pack a couple extra pair of pants this week because they would disintegrate in excitement with what happened this week. And you were not wrong, my friend. Absolutely right. Um, man, this was such a fun one. We're going to, yeah. we have so much to talk about. We have um, a, I, yeah. a, a metric ton of things to talk about. So much. Also, making a return to this uh, podcast, she is the resident guest of this podcast series. You may know her as the general manager of Thunder Rosa's Mission Pro Wrestling, based out of Texas, which has their crazy train show. This weekend on Title Fight Network, if you want to stream it, or if you're in the greater San Antonio-ish area, go check it out live at some brewery that I don't remember the name of. Miss Amanda Rivas, welcome back to the show. Thank you guys so much for having me back. I'm so excited to talk about this episode. I've been dying to talk about this all day. I've watched it twice. I'm going to watch it a third time after this. It was so, so good. So I'm ready. Thank you for plugging our show uh, Southern Star Brewery, Conroe, Texas. Um, you know, check us out. It's going to be a crazy night. The card is awesome and the feuds are on fire. So thank you again for having me. Of course. And making their combined return to this podcast. It, they are the hosts of Pop Breaks mega popular monthly podcast, Blurred Watchers, as well as the podcast blurred life with my wife and i had to say that very slowly because yeah. every time i try and say it i stumble first yeah. i'm twister courtney welcome back we haven't seen you since we were talking about timelines and variants over the summer so it's great to have you back glad to be back and i mean our other podcast name marshall messes it up every every time, time. so you did well congrats <laughs> Thanks for having us. I'm excited. I feel like you always bring us back on like the best episode. Yeah, you're the best guest. So yeah, of yeah. course. And of course, that voice of God that you heard, he is a lightsaber swinging. Sad of a bitch. He is 
He is the man we last heard talking about, the Philadelphia Eagles, the only team from the NFC East that we care about. Well, from that podcast, I should say, that made the playoffs. Amanda, I'm sorry about the Cowboys. They made the playoffs, mm-hmm. too. Marshall Stevenson, I am so glad to be hearing your voice, and I cannot wait to hear what you have to say about this episode. Listen, man, this episode, uh, I, well, first off, thank you for having us. Um, we're always so humbled and excited to be invited on um, any of the other pop break shows and then socially distanced like flagship. So yeah, prime time, baby. Um, but yeah, just know I love y'all. Cause I'm missing Joel and beads greatness right now. Um, and, oh, uh, yeah. and no, not Joel and Bede. No, I'm he's sorry. on a tear right now, dude. I'm telling uh, you right now. I'm sorry. Historic, tear. historic tear. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, the Knicks are on a historic tearing their way back into the bottom of the NBA. So here we yeah. go for me. But uh, uh, yeah, we're awful. Uh, Courtney and Marshall, since you're since you're just joining the, our book club for this week, wanted to get your initial thoughts on the book of Boba Fett so far. So let's do so far and then can we do well, this not episode? this episode prior to this episode? Okay. Yeah. Everything okay, before so, this episode. So, far, so, so the far. actual book of Boba Fett and not the Mando <laughs> sneak yes. in episode that they yes. threw in there. Uh, go ahead, babe. Oh, well, so far, I've been having a great time. I, I love it. Um, I feel like up until episode five, Marshall was pretty confused and I didn't understand why he was confused. He wasn't getting the flashbacks. And he was like, oh, is he like moonlighting and like helping these people in the in the desert and stuff? And I was like, you know, these are flashbacks, right? So there was some confusion, but we've been having a great time watching it. It's been uh, outstanding. Um, I really I really love the way that John Favreau writes and I really love the way that um, all of the directors, there's such an aesthetic to this show that I really do appreciate. Some of that may be that for some reason, a lot of these shows center on Tatooine, but that's okay. Um, but there is, there is, a, there is a spirit to the show. And um, I'm really loving seeing how that, uh, how that shows itself through the eyes of Mando and, and Ming-Na Wen's character. I, I always get her name wrong. But, right. um, yeah. And is the character name, but you got the actress's name, right? There you go. There you go. Um, yeah. So it's it's been I mean, it's it's one of our top shows that we were excited for this year, starting 2022. And it hasn't it hasn't let us down. There have been some strong episodes, some really great character development. And they're bringing one of the coolest characters in Star Wars lore back and giving him time to develop is, you know, what can you ask for? What else? I feel like I was hooked from the very beginning. That call back to Parks and Rec. Yes. With the filibuster. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. It was perfect. Happening? She sent that to me. And I was because we're such big Parks and Rec fans. Like, oh my God. Parks and, and Rec is a show that I watch over and over. Same. And that it was such an amazing callback. And and then she she sent me the TikTok of Patton yeah, Oswald. It was like side by side. Yeah. It was amazing. It's, yeah. So and they got major points for us. I want to say I think today is Patton Oswalt's Oswalt's birthday, by the way. It is. It's oh all together God, fitting right. and proper. The there is. I Fing- want that. Fingers crossed I'm seeing him next month. Fingers I have crossed. I have I have seen him before and I embarrassed myself at a comedy show he had in Car- at Caroline's because he made a joke that no one laughed at but me. And I laughed <laughs> so hard I fell off my seat. And he just looked at me and he was like, it wasn't that funny. And I, I'm like, yes, it was <laughs> one so, of my, one of my biggest memory, like one of my, 
like if I had to think about it, like when I laughed the hardest, like one time I was watching a special of his with my wife, probably the same thing happened, Bill. She chuckled. I am, I can't breathe. I am off the bed. I can't breathe because I'm laughing so hard. That um, often describes you and Meg's dynamic. Yes. So, so for sure. that plays, man. But let's sure. get so let's get into our yeah. So Courtney Marshall, I'm just gonna just let you know. I came up with all these um, segment names and they're pretty ridiculous. So just bear with me. Of course, we are talking about uh chapter five of the book of Boba Fett, and this is uh, a segment we like to call a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, where I essentially read the oddly structured and oddly phrased uh, plot summary mm. of the episode. And of course, let's let's just let's just stop for a second. To remember, this episode was directed by uh, the face that runs the place, Bryce Dallas Howard, who yeah. always delivers always. the Nando every time. This, and of course, this episode. Just guys, Star Wars, Disney Plus. If listen, if you're listening, from me to you, just give her her own franchise. Just give her her own series, her own anything she wants. Just please let her do it. It's gonna be great. So, I wonder if they would let her star and direct because she's just that beautiful. She's just that talented. I I love everything she does since the village, and we talk about this all the time. It's my probably one of my favorite M Night Shyamalan movies, and she carried that shit. And she did. She did. I did not see the village. I saw the ending and I was just like, what a jerk I am. I did not watch it. <laughs> so let's get to the plot summary here uh, and what Bryce Dallas Howard. Oh, why is this not working? Of course, my computer's like, I don't want to give you the the uh, the plot summary, but here we go. After Din Djarin tracks and kills a bounty, which while Wikipedia, you skipped the whole beginning. Um he delivers the bounty's head for directions to a Mandalorian hideout. There, he finds the armorer and Paz Visla, survivors of their tribe of their tribe of Mandalorian warriors, who inspect the dark saber that Mando won from Moff Gideon. The armorer explains that whoever wins the dark saber in combat can become the ruler of Mandalore through their civil, uh, though their civilization was destroyed by the Empire. The armorer molds Dinjarin's Beskar spear into a gift for Grogu after explaining that Beskar is for armor, not weapons. Visla, a descendant of the Darksaber's creator, Tar Visla, challenges Dinjarin to a duel for the saber. Dinjarin defeats Visla, but reveals that he broke the Mandalorian's code of removing his helmet. Stripped from his title as a Mandalorian, Dinjarin leaves on a transport to visit Pelimoto on Tatooine, who has an old N91, no, sorry, N1 starfighter to replace the Razor Crest. Together, they fix and modify the starship before Dinjarin goes on a test flight. Upon his return to the station, Fennec Shan arrives and asks Dinjarin to assist Boba Fett in their own upcoming war. He agrees, but only after he pays a visit to Grogu. So, guys, um, normally we would go into our next segment, which is, uh, hey, let's go hang out by the back to tank and talk about our favorite thing. You know, it's just kind of like, hey, let's go by the hot tub. Let's talk about things. Al, probably the only one of us who owns a hot tub at the ranch. Um, so good for you, pal. I don't know why I called that out. Just felt like it. Uh, so but what I want to talk about is this is such a left turn from what from when we left last week. We saw a rancor 
you know, it kind of interrupt a, a gang a, a gangland meeting. We had heard the Mando theme a little bit. Uh, and last week on this podcast, we were talking about like, hey, yo, maybe we'll see Mando in the finale. Maybe he'll be in an end credit sequence. Wrong. He comes in all John Wick and starts uh, cutting up space dogs. And uh, the whole episode is about him. While I know we all, from the smiles on the faces of people while we're doing this video-wise, uh, that we probably all like this episode a lot, I want to ask this question. Given this is a show about Boba Fett, does this episode, which focuses solely on Mando, work in the context of a Boba Fett series about him replacing, uh, ascending to the underworld throne of Jabba the Hutt? Does it work in that respect? And my answer is, because I'll start just so everyone can just take a minute to, to formulate their answer is, no, it doesn't. Because if there had been, we didn't see Boba Fett at all in this. This felt like the premiere episode of The Mandalorian. I love that. But it, it's also if we had somehow seen more, it just doesn't fit. It just almost felt like, hey, let's get everyone, you know, back into the. It felt like there was like reluctance with the show, and now we're we're here with, let's go back to the character you love, and maybe we're going to get Grogu back. Let's, it, and you know, I know the Disney Plus shows do this where they'll take a left turn. Like we saw this at the the season uh, penultimate episode of season two of Mando where. Bill Burr gets a whole redemption arc. We saw it in Wanda where instead of like going for like, okay, what's the finale? We get this whole history of Wanda. Like, but the in those two instances, the main character of the show is there. It's not here. It's the main character of another show here. And it's taking on the business of what's happening in another show. So to me, I don't think it, I don't know if it works. Maybe by end of episode, end of season, I'll be like, ah, oh, what a dummy. I was wrong. It's a classic thing I say a lot. I was wrong. But for me, in the moment, I don't think it works for Book of Boba Fett as a series right now, as in this episode. So, Marshall and Courtney, I'm going to throw it to you since you're uh, joining us for the first time. Your thoughts on how this episode fits within the series? I've been calling. Bubba Fett Mandalorian all season. Uh, <laughs> it's just muscle memory at this point. And then at the end of the last episode, just like you guys, we heard the Mando theme, right? And there was clear foreshadowing there because it's it's an iconic theme. The music in the Filoni live action verse has been outstanding. So um, good. Uh, I forget the I forget the composer's name, but they've been using him for Ludwig Goranson. Yes, last week I yes. blew everyone's mind by saying he also was the composer for New Girl, the show on Fox. Yeah, but he's done that in a whole Makes bunch. Of, like he's he's pretty prolific. So hearing that, and you know, Courtney, like 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 she attested to, like I've been calling it the Mandalorian. I'm like, babe, we watching the Mandalorian, so she's like, the book of Bubba. Fett. I'm like, all right. Boba Fett. It's um, a Bubba Fett. I, look, man. Um, <laughs> I like Bubba Fett. I've like always called him Bubba Fett. It, it might be a colloquialism <laughs> or the way the Philly people say the the you or I don't know. But either way, let's answer the question, Marshall. Um, it absolutely works. It absolutely works because 
they did something very similar to this last season on Boba Fett. It was the the Jedi episode, which was a episode where he was admittedly more prominently featured, but this wasn't his episode. It wasn't his episode at all. And it works here for the for the book of Boba Fett and the Mandalorian because these shows very much do walk hand in hand. There's no reason why we shouldn't get a Boba centric episode on the Mandalorian next season. There's no reason why we shouldn't get a Jedi centric episode on any one of these, because this is the universe that they're trying to build. I have no problem with taking a walk to a different house every now and then just so I can come back and appreciate the decor. Okay. I disagree. I think right now it doesn't really work. Uh, but I mean, it could tie in as we see, you know, the rest of the season, but I'm never, I would never say no to fan service. I appreciate it. I like the little links to the fans. Like we know what you want. I'm like, yes, give it to me. So I, I enjoyed it. Um, I think even just because we're not in the desert anymore, like visually, it was a lot different and it kind of speaks more to the aesthetic that I like. So I was just like, okay, this is a nice little break to like just something to break up what we've been seeing. Um, give us some fan service so we can be like, yes, Mando, I missed you. Uh, and then move on to, you know, the rest of the story with Boba Fett. So uh, even if it doesn't necessarily work with what we've been seeing, I still appreciate it. And I'm sure they'll find a way to make it seem more cohesive by the end. And I'm fine with that. Amanda. So right now, I don't think it works. Only be unless it's it's only going to work to me unless um, they do something similar, like Marshall was saying. You know, you open the door. Like, you know, what if we get a boba centric episode? If they tie, if they really tie the two shows together, and you get again a, a boba focused episode, um, you know, and they and they somehow bring that character development for Din Djarin and what they've established here in this episode. As long as they tie it in and tie it back to Boba, um, it works. And if we, maybe Boba's story will continue in Mando season three, and we're going to get those stories mixing and mingling um, because it is, as Bill mentioned, it's a, it's a definite marked departure because we do not see Boba at all in this episode at all, which mm-hmm. other shows that have taken an arc, you know, Marshall, like you said, you brought up, um, I think you were talking about the Ahsoka episode. Um, where you have, you know, you have Ahsoka, you kind of further and you're setting the stage for her show, but yet Mando is still there. So yeah. not as prominent, but still there. So this was a very different episode where again, you have no Boba mentioned. There's no flashbacks. There's no, it's it's completely furthering the character development of Din Djarin for Mando season three. Um, and for me, it was a little bittersweet watching it because I loved the character development for Mando. Loved, loved, loved I just loved it. I loved everything about this episode. I just wish they had done the same for Boba a little more. <laughs> I kind of wish, I kind of maybe wish that Boba had gotten the, the Bryce Dallas Howard treatment um, mm. and had gotten a little bit more of a balanced, I think we get the very soft side of Boba a lot. And you do get Mando's softness. Like, you know, he's got a heart. And just even that last, those last closing moments of Mando season two, where Grogu's like, yeah, I teared up. Grogu touching his face. Right. You know, holy crap, it's don't worry. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say there was a puddle. <laughs> yeah, I, I said, Stop doing this to me. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> you know, tears like streaming, all of it. But I feel like Mando was balanced though, because you have this nice, like, badass, like, bounty hunter just coming in and taking Nate, you know, taking his kick down the door, 
you know, going slashing space dogs in half. And you know, it, it, it was, it was actually a lot. I was like, this is edgy for Disney. Um, <laughs> was, but I agree. Yeah, it was right. Um, but I, I wish we had more of that in Boba. Yeah. Itself. And so I feel like Mando is reflecting what personally for me, I'm missing in Boba. So it's, so it's a double-edged sword. Cause I, I don't, that's why I don't think it, it, it works in this, unless they manage to bring it all full circle somehow. It's not going to, it won't work as a standalone episode. Well, Al, you're, this is the way you're the final one. So what do you think? I'm torn because I agree with you're like whatever. Natalie Imbruglia. I am Natalie Imbruglia. Yes, you are. If uh, anyone on this podcast <laughs> is Natalie Imbruglia, it is out. It's me. Uh, I'm torn uh, because I agree with what everyone is saying. Cause it, it like, you know, you're not getting the same, like the amount of love and, and effort that was put into this episode, you could say is not really shown in the other Boba Fett episodes, I would say maybe the, the Tuscan Raider episode, I think, can come close to it. For sure. But this this obviously felt like an episode of Mandalorian. Um, you know, this could have been its own like like prequel to season three, and that's what it is, right? Um, I think there's a precedent that's been set with the Ahsoka episode where it did feel like more of a Ahsoka Tano back uh, uh, backdoor pilot, which mm-hmm. I've always mentioned on the show is something that uh, they love to do in, you know, TV shows like this and shows a series like this where, you know, we're going to introduce a new character to this universe and then we're going to spin them off and they're going to have their own show. That president has been set. So like logically it makes sense. And if you're talking about the book of Boba Fett and you have these chapters, he is already someone who is in contact with him. He needs him for this war that he's going to have with the Pikes you need to show why is Mando like why is Mando coming to join this fight? You have to show those steps, so it it makes sense. And you know, adding Fennec at the end, kind of recruiting him is the tie-in that you need to. All right, they're like doing two things at once, right? They're like, yeah. we need to prepare people for Mando season three. Like, where is Din Djarin? And then at the same time, like, why is he involved in the Book of Boba Fett? Why is he involved in the story? I think they do th- that well. And I think that's, again, the logical take. But everyone's going to say this is the best episode of Book of Boba Fett. And it has nothing to do with Boba Fett in that instance. So I, I see where you guys are, are saying. So that's why I'm a little torn. Natalie and Bruglia style. Yeah. There's a fair argument that this wasn't an episode of book of boba fett it was mandalorian season three episode one or or so zero or two or a season two or, and a half. yeah, yeah that's about like 2.5. <laughs> i still feel like i still feel like it, it works for me i mean yeah. when you courtney brought up the the fan service element as well and it's like hey we're aware we know how much you guys love din we know how much you guys love grogu why not put a Mando centric episode in every season of all the spinoffs because he's the, he's the connecting tissue. And I understand where y'all are coming from as far Mm -hmm. as like, okay, this episode did nothing to further the plot of Boba's story this season, which I can understand as well. So, I mean, I'm slightly more on the side of, of the group, but also I still feel like this shit works because I mean, you're building a universe here. Well, and I feel like too, this episode 
maybe is doing a, a favor in terms of, of for setting up in terms for Mando season three, because I feel like Mando season three is going to just dive right in. Mm. Um, whereas this episode kind of just set the stage. And I think it did a good job of showing where he went from end of season two, where, where has he been since? So yeah. maybe we'll get a, a, a quicker start into season three. Yeah. With the background, the setup having been done. Yeah, yeah. I, I wrote that, that shit, Mando. Oh yeah. yeah, we have an episode for that. Yeah, and then it's like two, and it will be about if the if everything plays out, it'll be legit two years since we've seen Mando. If we mm-hmm. didn't see him in this series, like his Mando season three should be starting in November or end of 2022. So it'll be a full two years. So yeah, they want to definitely get it in. And uh, Marshall, you said something that I thought it was really cool was you were saying he's the connective tissue of this part of star Wars universe, because it was the Skywalker saga for so long. And everything Skywalker somehow tied into all of the movies we've seen, even like rogue, rogue one solo, everything else, like everything tied in because of Skywalker. And if the TV stuff is everything is going to somehow tie into Mando, like that's the perfect way to do it. And I, I agree with you there. I thought that's a great way. I never thought of it that way. I wrote this note as, as I was watching the second time. Um, Just bragging. He actually took notes. This is why he- they know. <laughs> they know. I'm saying they I'm saying Favreau, Filoni, Kennedy, yeah. everyone and building this universe. They know that any Mando fan is watching this. Yeah. Right. So you might as well put an episode of Mando in it. Mm-hmm. It's not like people are going to oh, I'll skip over the book of Boba Fett and I'll just wait till the next Mandalorian. He's like, what are you what are you talking about? Like, no one's ever going to do that. Everyone's watching every Disney Plus show. Right. This is mm-hmm. not this podcast. Yes. Like everyone's yeah. watching every Marvel show is what I'm trying to say. It's yeah. the same way. And like, this is like a new like literally what was Marshall saying is like they're building this universe, but they've now with two seasons of this show and introducing things from the clone wars and and interjecting the skywalker skywalker saga into this this is become integral viewing anything that they produce is integral to the story in some way and the way that they're not only did they say like what's mando been up to they're talking about they're giving like a deeper origin of bo-katan and we'll, we'll talk more about this later but like they are establishing so much, mm-hmm. so many different places that they can go. The reclaiming of Mandalore, right? This, you know, this like inner conflict with Bo-Katan, finding more Mandalorians, like all these things that they're bringing up is just, it's just ammo for them, right? To, to and then we even brought in Phantom Menace. Telling stories. Oh my God, they brought everything. I mean, I, I wrote, again, I wrote down like how many winks and stuff, A New Hope, Rogue One, Jedi Fallen Order, Fallen Clone Order, yeah. Wars, like, that's bananas. Like That's they've build, been building this universe for 50 years. Rebels. Rebels. Let's yes. not forget. Yes. I mean, this all started for me when Moff Gideon got out that plane and pulled out the dark saber. And I said, yeah. that's the thing. Yes. That's, that's it. <laughs> I, so let's, uh, guys, let's go hang up by the back to tank. Let's talk about the things we loved in this episode. Uh, again, I'll start because we know what it was. Um, I loudly exclaimed in my house uh, while everyone was asleep. Holy shit! It's the dark saber. Um, <laughs> definitely waking my dog up um, yeah. because I just I forgot he had the dark saber. Or I figured 
they're, he's not going to pull the dark saber out now. No, he did. He went John Wick on Space Dogs, cutting a guy in half, and we saw it. That doesn't often happen in Star Wars. Like we saw the arm. Of course, you know you want to go with the arm in uh, A New Hope. Um, but wait, can we also say that's a reference to the Phantom Menace? It is. It is. It is. His top half from his bottom. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And and so for me, it. I mean, the Dark Saber was a huge part of it, like him cutting himself on the dark saber. He yeah. doesn't know how to use it. Him like the dark saber becoming heavy because he doesn't know how to use it, which is like, we're just used to like lightsabers and like Luke, just like, Oh, I, I have to put a blaster helmet on and this thing is shooting me in the ass. Like, like, you know, he doesn't know how to use it very well, but Mando's literally almost took his leg off and now it's heavier because he doesn't know how to use it. And now we have this whole lore of the dark saber. I mean, there's so many things all about this episode, but this, the use of this and just how much that's playing into it. Then we got the history of the dark saber. We have more with the mad, like the, well, I guess we can call Bo-Katan the mad queen in some respects, because what happened there? Uh, and mm. you saw that look of crazy in her eyes when Mando walked in with it, like there's going to be so much going to happen with her. And that's exciting. And of course, the fight with this, the John Favreau Mand- Mandalorian. So it was like, you know, and I just, I'm doing a Marvel rewatch. So I'm just like, man, John Favreau can't win in a fight to save his ass. Uh, Mando can't either. Yeah. Wow. He, I mean, he yeah. barely gets I by. Mean, listen, he, he beat one of those, you know, Mechazord robo troopers. Come on. Yeah. Uh, also, he's all of us if like we ever actually had the chance to use like a lightsaber. Like yeah. injure yourself immediately, yeah. right? Well, even the toy dark saber is heavy. We have one, and I'm like, Seth is like, <laughs> that should be it's hanging lit. behind you when you're doing this podcast. It by the way, be. it should be, and and uh, like like a bantha head because you you <laughs> killed it with the dark saber. Uh, but to me, the dark saber just blew my mind that we're here. And also, just a small shout out to the scene of the little like pouch of whatever it was, and he's looking at it like. This looks like my son. And I'm just like, please stop doing these things. I don't want to cry. <laughs> and so that those are my those are what I loved about this episode of the many things I loved about this episode. Al, since I went with you last last time, first for you, what what was what are you hanging? What are you hanging out and talking about at the back to tank? I'm talking to you guys too much on a weekly basis because the first three notes are Mando pop, dark saber pop, Mandalorians pop. It's all wrestling references now. Re- I don't even I don't even watch wrestling, but thank you for that. Um You're I, I mean, there was so I think the things that made me the happiest were I guess all of the nods to the extended like canon, right? What what's considered canon now. Um, you know, seeing the K2SO robots uh robots droids during the great purge i was like that's cool but uh as someone who during quarantine played fallen order seeing bd1 i flipped out because i'm like oh man that makes sense like timing wise like will like will we actually see uh cameron monningham that'd be kind of cool if they bring him because they literally used him his likeness his voice and everything in i mean they can bring him in he's yeah He's the right age. Like it makes sense. So uh, I loved all of those things, but the thing that really stuck out to me was Bryce Dallas Howard's like, just 
her unique talent of telling a Star Wars tale is immeasurable. Beautifully shot, like crazy shot, like everything in like the, um, you know, Cloud City 2, whatever, like that city in the sky. Oh, incredible like the visuals are beautiful it and then a, seeing the halo the halo yeah yeah like halo, halo ring exactly yeah the halo was awesome um the um you know seeing the 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 the, the plane or whatever from um from phantom menace but seeing it in action mm. going through the old pod racing track and getting pulled over in the sky by, by bill's favorite character in the whole series um <laughs> Like everything was so perfectly executed in that sense. Like this is maybe one of my favorite Star Wars things ever, just from how beautifully shot and like I feel like the first what twenty minutes feels like a wonder. Like it's all like almost like a continuous story. Uh, loved it uh, every minute of it. But I want to hear from everyone else. I can talk all day about it. Good, Courtney and Marshall. Your favorite parts of this episode. Um, I liked how we just like introed on violence. That was pretty neat. I was like, yes, yes, action. I mean, not to say that there wasn't any action in Boba Fett. Like he has been killing people uh, or people have been dying, but it just seemed more, it just seemed more. Um, and then it was just kind of nice to see some of the familiar faces, like the other Mandalorians from his sect and stuff like that. And just like, I don't know it. I, I think that's it. All in all, it just felt like more to me. Like the acting was a little bit more. It, it gave me a, a different type of feeling that I enjoyed. It was a little bit heavier, but in a way that I liked. Definitely. That definitely. They, someone I just saw on Twitter, someone said, Mando is the king of entrances, of dramatic entrances. Like that was a very much a mimic of his entrance into the series when he walks Amanda walks into a bar. That's that was you know, and that was also weird that we saw a slaughterhouse in Star Wars. That to me, I I when I saw that, I'm like, oh, this is some real gangster shit right here. This is like, how many times have we been in a slaughterhouse? And we find some dude on a meat hook. I mean, like I've seen Goodfellas a few times. You know, it's just like that's so. It's like, and then him just be like, hey, I'm just gonna kill everyone now. That's definitely like you said, it's an introduction to violence that we don't get that often. Marshall, what worked for you best in this episode? I'm, I just I, adding on to everything that everyone else has said, because there's no singular part of this episode that was kind of my favorite. Bryce Dallas Howard is brilliant. Um, she should be getting the life, lifetime directing contract. We talked about that already, right? Um, the Halo was keep really, saying it, it's fine. Yeah. The, the, well, the Halo was really like a cool thing for me because it literally is a halo. It's not like the Star Wars. No, it's a halo. And and that for me is super meta. And it was a setting that was just instantly uh, engaging for me. And just how the sun moves in it and, and just that whole that whole area. And then seeing the, the folks who we knew weren't dead, or at least we knew that the forger wasn't dead. And then, right. uh, you know, we have the the, the the descendant of the creator of the Darksaber, um, just that whole interaction and, and they're just like mechanical like yo you took your you took your head off man. uh deuces oh well how can I get it back um yeah that's not possible so bye and <laughs> yeah 
I think at that point I realized that this whole episode was going to be Mando, and I was just like, "All right, let, let, let's go." I'm 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 happy. One thing I've, I noticed in Mando was set pieces. We saw that in the finale of season two. Is there's a lot of you could fall into deep space stuff, like like the, like when they're going on the bridge and like um, mm-hmm. uh, Casca and uh, Bo-Katan like go off the side and then fly back up and shoot everyone. Like, this is just like, he's dueling Vizsla and he's just like, oh yeah, by the way, one one wrong step to the left and I'll fall off. And we actually see him fall off and have to yeah. rock it back in. It's just wild how that's, that's, I think. That's like that a halo. Star Wars staple though, right? Yeah, Remember like Empire Strikes Back? Like, yeah. what is with that? Like, go to an open field and fight. Like, why are you, like, you're already in like life you know endangerment with a fucking lightsaber like why do you have to like worry about where you're stepping to you know, know they don't Very they don't have the same procedures in place for safety and they and, don't because everyone's got a jet <laughs> there's no, no QA. Right. they're all no for QA. but i do I like like I, w- I was saying amanda before we start like the the visual when you first see the halo when you're seeing like the city and like the city is almost like it's not contained on a planet it looks like it's an open space but it looks like like a suburb and i'm like that's just utterly wild to me. And like, I think some of some of my favorite, the visuals I think of, of like the cityscapes in this series are absolutely phenomenal. Like when we go to Mos Espa and how dense it is, it's yeah. like it's so cool when you see those wide shots. Uh, Amanda, uh, what worked best for you in this episode? Or your favorite? That was, was going to be a hard question because it. I loved everything I think about this episode. And, but my favorite thing is the tie back to Star Wars Rebels. Mm. Um, Love Rebels is one of my favorite Star Wars shows. Mm-hmm. And Sabine Wren is one of my favorite characters along with Ahsoka. So yeah. I'm hoping, I'm excited to see her for Ahsoka. That's one of my, <laughs> I'm like, yes. Um, but just, they answered one of the biggest plot holes in the show, which was, you know, and even in Rebels, they walk you through the history of the Darksaber. You do, when Sabine gets it, you know, from, you know, you gets it, starts training with Kanan Jarrus. Um, you know, you, you get a little bit of that history and, you know, the mention that it should be one in combat. But of course, one of the biggest plot holes was, well, she hands the Darksaber mm-hmm. to Bo-Katan. So if you're winning it by combat and then Bo-Katan, of course, at the end of season two of Mando is going, well, hey, I need to basically I need to fight. You can't give it to me. Um, and the, my first thought was when she said that was, well, Sabine handed it to you and she wanted in combat. Um, so she handed it to you. So how do y'all explain that? And I thought, um, you know, John Favreau, I think who wrote the episode too, Mm -hmm. just nicely wrapped that up and addressed that plot hole and did it in a way where it made Bo-Katan. I liked her being known as a cautionary tale. Um, And even then with this episode, my big question was, well, what happened with Bo? Because you see Mando's fighting skills, obviously nearly burned his leg off. Um, if Bo-Katan was so insistent on fighting him, where is she? How did he get past her? So I think that's like the hook now for season, one of the hooks for season three, because she was ready to ready to go down and fight him. She wanted that Darksaber. So where is she at this point? Um, but I really like that they did it. They wrapped that whole arc up from Rebels, one of the longest, again, I think, open plot holes that you can poke holes in, one of the few, in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love that John Favreau continues to be a Vizsla because he also voiced pre-Vizsla in Rebels, who Sabine 
fought and took the Darksaber from. His voice by John Favreau. So I love that he continues to, to be a Vizsla um, at this at this point and, and continues because he could easily pass off that role, but he he did it. I mean, the minute he walked out, I was like, it's John Favreau. Yay, he's still a Vizsla. But I just, that was one of my favorite things was just the way that open question was addressed. And, you know, going back and tying even Bo-Katan's behavior, I mean, you see she's very tough and very determined and very ambitious in Clone Wars and Rebels. And you see signs of that, you know, again, there's that cautionary tale um, in her. So I just, that just that whole thing of tying back to Rebels, just, I, I briefly jumped up and down. And then I was here for the opening scene too. <laughs> that like the lighting, the whole just, you know, you see this, this space dog get chopped in half, basically decapitated. Um, I thought they outdid the the entrance for Mando in season one. That was mm. been, that's been my favorite entrance of all time for any, uh, well, minus Darth Vader in Rogue One, but, <laughs> um, but right up there, they knocked it out of the park. I, then the minute he spoke the first time I got chills just straight up, just the whole, but, but for me, if I had to pick one thing, it was as a rebels fan, I really appreciated how they addressed that arc, that lingering question of Sabine handing and, and even the way it, it ends in that, you know, Bo-Katan gets that, you know, the way that arc wraps up in a way for rebels I mean, you see the sign of hope where she's got the dark saber. It looks like everyone's going to reunite and they're going to fight and they're going to take on the empire. And then you kind of understand why she's so bitter, why she's so jaded after, you know, everything that happened to Mandalore. Mm-hmm. When you watch Rebels and seeing it start off with such a promise that she's got the dark saber and she's going to redeem her sister's legacy and everything, reunite the people. And then it fails. So just the whole Star Wars Rebels tie back for me. I so appreciated that. Love and it. it's exciting. It's exciting yeah. to be in this space where they're actually pulling storylines or wrapping up storylines from what some would argue are, are, you know, less popular parts of the franchise. If people watch Star Wars, Rebels, like that's why I'm so excited and why I'm totally behind like yo you guys are building the universe give me a mando episode great let's go back and let's let's bring rosario back maybe one of these times mm-hmm. because they name dropped emperor and admiral thrawn yes they name dropped admiral yeah. thrawn and it's like if you give me what's the what's the man's name babe uh the, the uh the, the the dad uh malfoy's dad oh goodness uh, you yeah. give me you give me Isaacs as Admiral Thrawn, and I will throw my panties at the screen. Oh. <laughs> I promise you. Okay. And they're building this universe, and I love it. And I lo- I'm here for it. They. Uh, I also love that we we saw the fall of Mandalore too. I mean, yeah. Yeah. and it, it reminded me of Doctor Who: The Fall of Trenzalore, which you know oh. uh, we got a lot of lores in there. But like, it, it, like when you see it, like you see those those uh tie fighter bombers which we've we've we saw like you saw a glimpse of them i can't remember any of the prequels that well but i know you see a glimpse of it in empire where they're dropping bombs where they're trying to find the falcon uh but here you're seeing like the full magnitude of them just annihilating this is like the first time i think we've seen like the empire annihilate something that wasn't via the death star yeah they usually just blow shit up 
Yeah, and they just went in there like, no, they like that must have been a real personal because they're like, we're not going to blow your planet up. We're going to systematically destroy it. And that's like kind of what I want to know. Like, well, why did that happen now? Like, it's that brings up the question. Like, I and I think we will get some of that when we dive into Bo Katan. But guys, um, we obviously can I bring up, wait, before you, I know you're going to say real quick, I just want to bring up two, two lines. Because this, I think, also this is like one of the best written episodes, and just in terms of like most memorable lines, two two lines that I absolutely love. Where I'm Mandalorian, weapons are a part of my religion. It's love nice. that. And then um, <laughs> Amy Sedaris saying, "Hey, look, everyone, it's Mando." Yes, I loved her. I'm like, I loved her, I loved her. episode. She's so great. I'm yeah. like, oh, that's what I said when he walked in in the beginning yes. of the episode it's Mando. <laughs> oh, God. She's everyone. She's literally all of us. I love that. Um, yeah. Continue, Bill. I had to bring those up. Um, so, obviously, we love this episode, but uh, we do have to get to our next segment, which is, you know what? Just throw it in the Sarlacc pit. This is what we didn't like about this episode. Um, this might be hard for everyone. Uh, so I'm going to freshen up a drink and give my daughter a kiss goodnight. So uh, I'll be last. Al, start us off and then just uh, shepherd us along. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll go quick, guys. It wasn't long enough. That was the biggest problem with this episode. Um, I could have done two more hours of this. This was just uh, uh, so enjoyable and fun. It was like almost like a series of like montages like with set pieces, right? You get the entire like him getting reunited with the two remaining Mandalorians and information dump, but you're, you're on this like really beautiful set piece. We move over to uh, back on Tatooine and we get this, like, let's build a ship montage. And like, yeah, that's really it is those two things. Like those are the two biggest aspects of it. And like, I could have done more. Like, I just want more. Um, That was the biggest issue. I mean, I think there's there's an argument that could be said of like maybe it's not too much fan service, but like maybe too much like uh, east too many Easter eggs potentially. Uh, not for me. I mean, keep giving me more, specifically when you're getting like, hey, Fallen Order, like we're throwing that in BD one, putting them in there, or like you know, you know, Filoni is a huge fan of the Phantom Menace. Like he's gonna keep beating us over the head with it and make us like that movie somehow and. Somehow. Somehow he's doing it. Somehow. He's been doing it. Um, so yeah, like I, I think you can that that's one argument that can be said. Um Courtney, what di- if if anything, what what didn't work for you in this episode? Um, you know what? I think I agree about the time. I don't know. It, like what? It was like almost an hour. Almost, yeah. But be. it did feel like it went by really quick when the when the credits started rolling. I was like, has it been an hour? Like I yeah. I don't like it has been. Um, anything else I didn't like? Hmm. I don't know. I I don't feel like I can be too critical about this episode. Like I I was entertained from beginning to end, and it was just. It was a nice nostalgic moment. I was like, oh, Mando. And he's kind of like, of course, he's, you know, kicking ass and taking names. But then he's still like all soft and stuff and talking about his son and like trying to get armor for him and thinking about him looking at the little package that he has for. It was very cute. I I don't really have any criticism. When he gets back onto when he gets onto Tatooine, there was 19 minutes left in the episode. I said, what? 
what are they going to do? <laughs> There's only 19 minutes left. And they spend that building a ship. And it's awesome. Like, it really could have been longer. Um, but again, we're going to get a whole season of this guy. So can't really complain. Marshall, is there anything from this one? I know we all, we, all of us have already talked about just, like, does this fit within the book of Boba Fett? Which we haven't mentioned Boba Fett in a while. Just had to remind people that this is what the show is about. Um, was there anything else that maybe didn't work for you in this episode? Uh, no, I mean, it, it was, it was almost a perfect hour of television. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't only say almost for the little nitpicky type stuff. Like, I mean, they, they introduced these areas. Like I would have loved to get more time on the halo and try to find right. out a little bit more about that. Like I left the episodes saying like, Oh, well, is he ever going to go back or are we going to, you know, are there more halos out there? Like, is there, is there like a mass effect equivalent in a galaxy far, far away where there are like, you know, um, mass effect towers that basically push people to different parts. I, I don't know, but uh, yeah, there's, there's really nothing that I can look at objectively and say, you know, um, Bryce, you did this wrong. John, you did this wrong. Um, yeah. That, that I just give me more time at the places that I love. I would love to see more Amy Sedaris. I feel like she could cross over into Bubba yeah. Fett um, as a character. Uh, and there's no reason why, you know, I mean, she's there. So uh, he could definitely inquire and try to get her to build things for him or, you know, I mean, there's just so many ways they could do They can go. I'm not mad at anything, but there's just so many possibilities and it's exciting. You know what yeah. she could do? She could fix the cyborg kids who are in her, in his army. There you go. I can, yeah. I can see them <laughs> yeah, like, recruiting. Like she, they need to get her to like, you need to fix this person because they can't find Thundercat to do it. So, like, you know, it's like you can't find Thundercat. What a what a great <laughs> that's just this, what a world. I, didn't know what um, I will say too, like I remember pre-Disney purchasing Star Wars, we were supposed to get a Star Wars game. I think it was called Underworld, I think. 1313. 1313. Yes, thank 13, you. Thank yeah. you. There is an underworld something. 1313 we were supposed to get and it was supposed to be like the seedy kind of underground of the star wars reboot that and put it on that halo just mm. do not leave the game i want to be on that i want to explore that whole halo that would be fucking awesome they should do something like that uh, amanda i had to be really nitpicky because <laughs> i knew this question was coming like marshall i it was really hard to find anything for me that didn't work um I would say I wanted to spend more time on the Halo too. I think I think I would have shortened the the shipbuilding montage just a hair to give yeah. me like more time on the Halo. Because I felt there was a tiny yeah. I was like they could afford to shave the two minutes to give because I'm like who are those people at the table? Was that really yeah, it? Right. Like, yeah. Like I, I just I was curious. Here? It's like how did you wind up there? Like you know it. it just, I think, I think I could have spent just a, a tiny bit, a tiny bit more time on the Halo. Again, you could have shaved a couple of minutes off the shipbuilding montage, just a, just a couple, um, to, to give me more time on the Halo. Um, but I, I think too, kind of the, the biggest glaring thing for me was again, you have a character who's beautifully developed, who stole the show in essence from the main character. So I think I think for me, what didn't work for what didn't work for me as much as I love this episode, 
was just seeing how much Boba Fett lacked. It just reminded me of how how much he's lacking at this point. And unless, you know, again, I think we're going to get a season two. Um, you know, if not, then you'll have two, two episodes left to develop Boba Fett. Um, but it just made me really want a strong, a, a more well-developed Boba Fett. I want Boba Fett to get the DIN treatment and like get a little upgrade, you know, get, get some more character development in the same manner. Like you can develop DIN and yeah, they've done it beautifully. Give your other characters and make sure you give all of your characters, you're going to make shows about them the same type of treatment, not necessarily the same, you know, everybody has to be like DIN, but give them the same character growth and keep that, keep that awesomeness consistent across all your characters. That's just my, if I had to go nitpick, that was the only thing. (laughs) At this point, I almost question if Boba has it in him to be that charismatic and that magnet i mean he he, den is magnetic and um you know you're bringing kind of a relic from the past into the present and you're giving him a show and you know this is like the perfect midpoint episode it's kind of like hey you know we've established the first arc or the first half of this hero's journey or whatever he's trying to do now we have a, you know, a, a side story kind of, but it's also a main story. And, you know, there's a dissonance there. Like, I I just, like I said, I'm a little bit torn now, you know, talking with you guys, but I don't know that Boba, Boba has what Din has and which is why yeah. Boba is the spinoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you can make the same argument, though, about the Ahsoka of it all. When Ahsoka is introduced in season two of Mandalorian, you're like, I don't give a shit about anything else that's going on right now. I'm seeing a live action Ahsoka. I don't know. Michael in front of me in the episode was pretty rad for me. I mean, that's great and all. It is. It's it's great great and all. But like, I mean, I know all I wanted is her to go come. Like, I want to go watch her confront Admiral Thrawn. Like, like that's all I want right now. So I think you. It just goes back to like there's a very kind of open floor plan of what this expanded universe is going to be like we, we're going to just throw a random episode of mandalorian in in the book of boba fett we're going to introduce ahsoka in mandalorian like they can do that forever and ever and ever and i'm going to be fine with it but i understand what you're saying marshall is now that you just put in the guy that i love that i've fell in love with for two seasons why am i supposed to give a shit about boba fett who i really have only known for like four episodes mm-hmm. I think they they want the goodwill of like, but you've known him for like 30 years. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. You know, you've loved him for 30 years. We're just giving him his chance to shine, but we're gonna take the spotlight off him for an episode. Yeah. I think that's he tough. was more compelling as a kid, though. Yeah. That's Boba, why they keep going back was, to him. When he was younger, like yeah, I loved seeing him pop up in the in, yeah, like I, I thought those were really compelling. And now I've kind of felt like and and to your point like now that i've seen din and seen someone who's you know he's he's further along right yep. uh so it's kind of unfair but then also it's like but you have things to draw from uh you have things that you can do you know flashbacks on and you know i'm just i'm just interested like i said i'm here for the long haul we're here to the end of the line but uh, to Amanda's point, you know, you may want to see a little bit more from him. Give, give him, a, give him a tick. Give him a, give him a something that just, you know, he's just so monotone, kind of. Yeah. 
I don't know. Like, well, then you have that. No like Courtney was saying, like, mm-hmm. he's hardened and, you know, he still loves his son. Like, give give Boba something other than his mission, because that's all that I can really see from him right now. Could, could there can there be an argument made that this episode not only serves the purpose of him coming into the, the war with the Pikes, whatever, setting him up for season three, whatever, the over-mentioning of Moff Gideon is making me think that Moff is going to have something to do with the Book of Boba Fett. Save that for the last segment. Okay, I know we're going to talk about but I'm just saying, like, Okay. Johnny Favs and David Filoni, they're not going to just do something to do something. Like everything yeah. has a purpose. Yeah. And I think having such a like break from the Boba story, it can't just be to set up Mando season three. Cause they could have again, made this episode one or did a special or something. There has to be some sort of other reason. A lot of Bo-Katan talk, a lot of Moff Gideon talk, it just seemed like they had to do it. They had to do it. They didn't have to do it. Why did this they do it? Their, this was their Game of Thrones episode. This was their Red Wedding. Yeah. This was yeah. them saying, if a character is there, fuck it. You might see him. We'll pull him out. I don't care what they're doing. He's filming The Last of Us. So what? Come in and record these voice lines. Like, this is them saying that this is our universe and we'll pull anybody from anywhere and yeah. you better keep watching. And I'm, I'm hook, line and sinker. Cause uh, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. For, for me, the thing that didn't work for me or the thing that just drove me up a wall was okay. It's like, she's like, all right, cool. You're going to help. You're going to help Boba. Yeah. But I got to go see Grogu first. And I'm like, here's my problem with that. Sweet baby boy. We're bringing him back. That's all I care about. I don't want to know what the war is going to be. He needs to see that. I need mm-hmm. that cry. I mm-hmm. need that in my life. I want to cry not because I'm sad. I want to cry tears of joy. Like, like I, that's so for me, I'm just like, are you really going to tease baby Yoda and we don't get him? Or are you going to tease him? Because that's all everyone's going to want to want to watch, you know, and because the, the crime story will take a backseat to that. I feel like the last two episodes, I always say this. It never happens. That they have to be a little bit longer. They have to hit that hour plus mark because you have so much to do. I also could see the, the series ending on just being like, the war comes in the book of Boba Fett part uh, part two. Mm-hmm. And we all of a sudden get like this bananas out of nowhere. Like, oh, by the way, that's happening in uh, uh, September. And you're like, what? That was not on your your investor call that we watched and Marshall and Courtney broke down like with laser-like accuracy. On Blurred Watchers, only on the Pop Rake Radio Network, on Apple, Google, Spotify, and Anchor Podcast. Like, listen, I know how to pitch things. Uh, but, like, yeah, I'm really good. Uh, but that's what I'm saying. Like, like we, like, could that could surprise us? We didn't think we were getting a book of Boba Fett, but then boom, there it was. Yeah, so, they said it at the end of Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Like, so we don't Boba know. <laughs> but I'm just worried, like, if we if it's not that, it's like you just you just drop the Grogu bomb, and ah, that's all I care about now. I'm literally drinking from a Grogu tiki mug right now. Like, that's all I care about. Sophie Bodkin is gonna like lose her seven year old mind if if Baby Yoda comes back on TV. Like, as will not seven-year-old everyone on this podcast Mm. i just really hope with with grogu though that they don't bring him back in a way that negates what happened with mando one and two 
because the whole point of Mando was to to get Grogu to other to Jedi to his kind, yeah. and hopefully they don't just like let's yank him out and keep him out from his Jedi training the rest of the time. Yeah, I would like because I feel like Din's on a journey. I mean, now he doesn't have the Mandalorian affiliation anymore. He's on his own. He doesn't have. He's he's searching for himself in a way, and I kind of want to see him find his footing to make a long-term reunion with Grogu that much more powerful. Well, let's not forget, and and I, I'm really, really afraid of something I'm going to say, but let's not forget that, man, like, Din is a part of a sect of, Mar- of Mandalorians, right? Yeah. So one thing that I noticed was, you know, they basically disavowed him, but he kept the Darksaber, he kept yeah. his armor, and he has his own sigil, sigil. Yeah, that's like his own group, right? So it, it's like, okay, you're not part of that sect anymore, but they still recognized him as a Mandalorian and 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 function. Now, the thing that scares me when we talk about Grogu is that he's not in any of the newer Star Wars. He's not mentioned. He's not nothing like that. And the thing that scares me the most is like. Uh, Kylo Ren went to that went went nope. to Luke Skywalker's place. Oh. I'm not going to say it. Don't I'm not say it. it. But that scares me. So I almost would love for Din to be like, you know what? This isn't where you need to be. Let's go off an adventure because that would give me peace to say, Grogu got out. I yeah. never I, thought I, of it that mathematically, way. Mathematically, if we're talking math, right? Oh, uh, you know this. You know you're. It's not your strong suit. Be it's careful. not. It's not. <laughs> Grogu would be like, like the first class of like his Jedi Academy. You'd be like, I expect Kylo. That. Kylo is not even a, a thought right. yet. That's right. Let alone, he's not, yeah. he's not, not born, born, right? So yeah, he does this at what age? Still. Like 18, Listen, he, 20, 21, whatever. Like, I mean, still, Grogu could be the instructor there. Yeah, like yeah. the but, seminar. You know, like he keeps low. They age was like 50 right now. But I also feel like too, I think they'll reunite Mando and Grogu to a point. I don't think they're just I don't think I don't think Disney would I mean they if they killed Grogu off, that would be no, like I, the worst I mistake can't. ever. I the mean, worst mistake this, ever. Not this quick. Nah, him not and, him and Mando, him but, and Mando were like, well, look, even all right, math, right? Again, yeah. we gotta keep math in it, right? Because I've seen your even it's not even good. If, he go, if he goes through his Jedi training, Luke became a Jedi master in like two years. Yeah. He went through the fucking like DeVry University of, 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 <laughs> of Jedi mastery, right? Barely. Like he was barely he, there. He went yeah. to the Chubb Institute. Uh, yeah. By the yeah. way, my father in law went to DeVry. No, I'm not shit on DeVry. I'm, no, I'm just saying. Yeah. It's like a two year program, is what I'm saying. Those guys are all making um, more money than me. For and, sure. And the universe is so large where. Din and Grogu could go anywhere. Anywhere. So I feel like that's like the logical. Yeah. I just want their union to be more powerful where they could be, you know, Din has a more, more confidence and a surety in himself and is not codependent on Grogu for his identity. Like you have two strong characters that are together and then it makes their partnership like that much better. And that's what I'm hoping. That's what I really am hoping for. I, I when, just thought it, I just figured it out and I'll save it for the conspiracy theory yeah. part of it. So Normally we have a segment here and I feel like it's almost like ridiculous to do it. This one it's called, I am the daimyo, which I'm changing to 
I am Boba Fett because now that's his new thing because he has this like catchphrase. I, like, am, I Boba am Boba Fett. Fett. I am Boba Fett. I am Boba Fett. <laughs> and he was like, "We don't." Boba Fett. Um, but like our favorite performance in the uh, in the um, in the episode, uh, is there anyone who's not going to pick Mando? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't pick Mando. I'm picking Mando. Yeah, just because Amy Sedaris is a scene stealer. She crunches scenes, man. Like, yeah. I'm used to the greatness of Din at this point. Like, his, 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 the body acting is the only other thing that I could compare it to would be uh, Andrew Garfield as Spider Man, where his eyes weren't expressive at all. They didn't move, but he was so, like, expressive. And, mm-hmm. and this is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm frankly used to it, but bring Amy Sedaris in, I'm like, yeah, what's going on? How you doing? Like, I, I, I just love her. I love everything about her, her delivery, her timing. Uh, she's so good, and it's so hard, and she makes it look so easy. So I can't, I, you know, it's, it's. She's, I, I love her. She's such an absurd, like, comedian that her being in this universe just is so fitting. It's yeah. just like, yeah, like, of course I'm here. I'm, I'm, I don't belong in real the the real world let alone anywhere else like she's if there perfect. was one real person from star wars i yeah. would think that it was her she's, her, she's yeah. so perfectly eccentric in the role yes. i just and yeah. she's and in the and she's in the favreau extended universe so it all makes sense that's right she's an elf and, and she Ooh, just does great. a great job of not only being comedic and amazing but she helps further she really helps further she really helps put din over i'm gonna put it in wrestling terms yeah she puts din over um, and just, just to be able to, to balance that out, to not only steal the show for yourself and look amazing, but to be able to put somebody over and make them look even better. Like I loved Mando even more Yeah. after him hanging out with Amy Sedaris. Yeah. She, like, she humanized him in so many ways. Yeah. And the thing about her character, uh, just to support what Marshall's saying is like, it is absurd and it shouldn't work and done in lesser hands. It would just be this really clunky comedic performance that does not fit at all. Mm-hmm. Right. But she's so good. And just so like it, you feel like, again, like you said, she feels like a ta- she's a townie. She's the person who's never left town. Yep. Yeah. She's been there forever. She's she like, knows everyone. <laughs> she slept with a Jawa, apparently. Right, right. Which is, yeah. listen, and, and Mando's like, listen, no judgment. You gotta do yeah. what you gotta do. And I'm just like, listen, Mando's open-minded. I love that about him. Way to go. So yeah, Amy Sedaris, great choice. Of course, I think if anyone else um, is on Amy Sedaris or mostly everyone's on Mando for this one. For I have a different one as well. Ah, uh, you mother Fletcher. <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think she gets enough credit. The armor. Yeah. Good. Fucking choice. badass. Because she might be the like the most fierce warrior oh, around. Shit. Like mm. I think she might be like a top ten candidate of like baddest ass in the universe. Um, she, she is one she of two remaining members of the of her of her tribe for good reasoning. She can kick anyone's ass. Um, she can fight with tools. any weapon. Just she just yeah. like her tool yeah. to kill everyone. She, gripped his fucking helmet with that thing i was like that's badass you could just rip that shit off uh no she i just i love that character um nothing against john favreau's uh character as well like love seeing him love him fighting uh din and ever uh whatever she is so cool 
her her helmet is very distinct. It's like gold, like it's bronze or whatever. Like it's just a cool look to be to kind of take away from Mando and Boba Fett and be unique in your own right as a Mandalorian. Like I think she's becoming a very cool essential character that they're using so so sparsely. Like right, like it's I think this is like her second third appearance, right? Third appearance. Thank you. I like that. Like. I want to see her like every three years, like uh, perfect. They're, they're using her really well. Um, Mando's an obvious, you know, an obvious one. Also, I'll give a little, a uh, little shout out to BD one one more time. Cause uh, love that little guy. He was great in fallen order. Very helpful. You know, Al, I'm surprised you didn't say where's Cobb Vanth. I feel like that's, that's like a staple for every. Uh, so Corey- waiting for the Cobb Vanth. Um, solo <laughs> episode that has no Boba yeah. Fett or anyone else involved. So my boy Timothy Marshall might not know this, things. but Al no, they loves know. Timothy Oliphant and they he do. loves Cobb Vanth and his every episode he's like he's gonna show up in this episode he needs in this to. series. So <laughs> I'm gonna pose this question to you guys: Do you think Timothy Oliphant's character Cobb Vanth is gonna show up in the book of Boba Fett? No. I mean, I guess he could. They're looking for people to help. Like, you know, it's like 80 miles away from town to town. I looked it up. <laughs> he actually <laughs> he did. actually did. He actually did. <laughs> On the <laughs> podcast live, <laughs> did the geography. Neighbors, you owe me. We need some people to help fight. And there yeah. it is. Yeah, because now like... you have the Mando connection. Mm-hmm. Now you have Mando's uh, like, oh, I know another yeah. soldier. Yeah. I know another guy. Guy like us armor before who we had to get it back from like oh right. hey i remember that oh yeah. imagine imagine the interplay between <laughs> right and 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 cad about that armor and the looks and and, and oh man yeah that would be that'd be good now be, you know i would, what, I would love to you pitch it now it's gonna happen <laughs> like, i know it's gotta happen i i'm watching al here on the screen just like having the time of his life he just had like the best like time of you know yeah that that was amazing well, that was a big pop right there from like, listen there's like pop. five five moments in my life i would be really happy for al one when he i officiated his wedding two when he had a kid three when he shot interpol at msg four i don't know what four is but five would be if Cobb Vanth shows up in this because I'm like, God damn, mm-hmm. you, you, you need this one, kid. You need yeah. the W. Oh, it was probably some job thing you got. It was number four. Nah, whatever. Whatever. Paycheck. Jobs come and go. Cobb Vanth is <laughs> <Yeah>. eternal. <laughs> Trust me. Both Al and I know about jobs coming and going yep. constantly in our lives. Um, let's So let's let's get the intergalactic tinfoil out and let's talk about the word on the street in Mos Espa. This is our conspiracy theory type things that we're what like what we are predicting things we're like maybe we're gonna see something happening here. So for me, like I was saying uh, about Grogu, is like he says I have to go see the kid, and what happens is he tries to get out, and the Pikes something happens with the Pikes, and he cannot get out, so he does not see him. So I don't think we're gonna see. Grogu because it's going to get cut off by the Pikes, which makes us hate the Pikes even more because they deprived of us, deprived us of our sweet baby boy. I still think we're also going to get Crimson Dawn. Yes, I made the joke last week. I'll make it again this week. It's like Asian Dawn. Who's Asian Dawn? I read about them in Time Magazine. <laughs> it's one of the best joke diehard references I've ever made in my life. Um, but yes, I still think 
Crimson Dawn is here. Uh, Amanda, I'm going to piggyback off your theory that Jennifer Beals, somehow this character, she is not here just for a clever cameo. She means something in this universe. And I think it's Crimson Dawn. And maybe is an ally of Mando in this war with the Pikes and then becomes the bad guy or the villain or antagonist, however you want to put it in season two. But yeah, I definitely think Crimson Dawn is, we're going to get that. And I don't think we're going to get Grogu because the Pikes are going to stop Mando somehow. Uh, Those are my two big sticking points of what I think are conspiracy theories, what's going to happen to Mando. We go to you now. I'm sticking I'm totally sticking with my theory of Jennifer Beals meaning more. I, I, I stand to that theory. Um, it also makes me wonder, too, with the armorer, what is her end goal? Jennifer Beals is the armorer. Is this a joke? It was, I, know, right? so I made this <laughs> I pretty much. I made this really shitty like thought. I'm like, what if like Jennifer Beals character is actually Amelia Clark's character from Solo, but she's in disguise? And everyone's like, that is the worst theory we've ever heard of. And then after I said it, I was disappointed in myself yet again. But mm. yeah, no, I know your your look of disappointment, Marshall, is what was happening in my soul at that time. Um, but yeah, He's so there. yeah, I, there's no rebound yeah. from that. Uh, but so, Amanda, yeah, I, I get that curious. reveal at the end of the season, or do we think we get that sooner? I think with Jennifer Beals, I feel like that might be that might be the cliffhanger or the the hook that gets you into the second season of Boba. I feel like she's still going to be she's going to she's going to be a, a play a more prominent role. Again, I think she's going to bring in Crimson Dawn, but we're going to see more of her. I feel like in the second season of Boba Fett. Um, and again, I, I'm you know this episode did a good job of wanting of hooking me even more into Mando season three, which is still one of my most anticipated shows ever. Um, you know, I want to know what the armor's end goal is because Marshall, you brought up some really good points about, you know, again, he was able to walk out with the dark saber. I thought that too. I was like, they, they let him take it. Like, yeah. you know, um, he saws all of his armor. I mean, they, she even threw him a bone and was like, if you can get cleansed in the waters of Mandalore and the mines, yeah. you can, you can, if you're purified in those waters, you'll be fine. You can come back. Right. Um, she gave him an out, but they also made a big deal about Moff Gideon getting away and, or at least not getting killed. It just makes yeah. you wonder like, what is her role in all of this? And, and she could easily have beat Din for the dark saber if she really wanted to take it for herself. So I just want to know more about her and what her end goal, I feel like there's more to her story. Um, and so that's definitely, I don't think she's going to play as much of a role, obviously, in, in the rest of this for Boba Fett, but I feel like we're going to definitely see more of her as we get get down and more of her role. But my big thing is I, I'm with Bill. We're going to get Crimson Dawn, and I think Jennifer Bills is the key to it. And um, and it wouldn't surprise me if it, if we ended before the war actually started, too, and, and push that into Boba Fett season two. I can see it ending on a cliffhanger. Um, that's it for me and my tinfoil hat. Hopefully we get Cobb Bath. And I still want Cad Bane at some point. I don't think it's going to happen, but I still want him. <laughs> uh, Al, your tinfoil. Uh, Cad Bane for season two. I think it makes sense. Yeah. Save something at this point. Um, yeah, no, I think I think Amanda kind of hit it on the, uh, a lot of my points with uh, Moff Gideon and just the future of Mandalore and the Mandalorians. Like, 
I don't think she necessarily gave him an out. I think she gave like put an idea in his head. Like you're out of you're out of our group. Mm-hmm. But if you do this thing, you're back in. He's got he's got the late he can he can lay claim to Mandalore, right? It's gonna be, I think, a pretty essential part of season three. This is like the prequel, right? To season three. It's it's all about Mandalore. It's going back there. I don't think it's I don't think he wants to rule it, but I think he wants to be a part of bringing it back. And I think the big aspect of that is all right, after I get Grogu, like what's his mission after that? Okay, it's gonna go to these, see if these minds exist, and let me get back into the organization. The only one that would actually care about me outside of bounty hunting is being a Mandalorian. Like he literally says moments later, I'm a Mandalorian. It's it's uh, weapons are my religion. He wants to be together. He like his the what do you say the uh, the Jedi's were the, the complete opposite loyalty and uh, also like also loyalty and respect. No, no, no. John Cena. I'm sorry, I didn't. John Cena. There you go. Like, well like 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 having that you like having that like uh like community. family element community mm-hmm. like right like having that is so essential to him and grogu is a big part of that but also his religion is a big part of that so i think that's where we're going to go season three and then in terms of you know the actual show we're talking about the book of boba fett right uh i think we're going to see this war with the pikes in this season just because they, they can't hold on to mando for that long we need to see this war his part in it and then uh he needs to get the fuck out and go get our baby boy grogu who knew mandalorian guilt and catholic guilt would be such same a- shit it's basically same the shit. same thing same thing can't wait to meet uh, mando's mom i said maybe the armor is uh courtney and marshall uh any theories that you guys have or predictions uh, for the rest of the series Any in Mando season three? I definitely feel like we're going to see Moff Gideon uh, just because them talking about him. Like, oh man, he's definitely going to be um, with what are the fish people called again? The Pikes. The Pikes. Mm. That's what they're called. I wanted to call them carp and I'm like, what? I mean, they pretty much are carp. They pretty much are. He's going to show up and going to be like, hey, back for that dark saber i i bet you thought you seen the last of me i, I would to- love it if john carl esposito's lines were exactly that and only he could pull it off and make it menacing that would be perfect i i hope that i can get my writing credits for that then. i really hope you do too i would i would cry for that more than Cobb vanth i would cry for you getting a writing credit on this <laughs> as it is well deserved and hey check out john carl esposito's interview with al on the um Nice. Yep. Hey, man. Sometimes we do things. Uh, Sometimes. Sometimes. Very rarely. Uh, But we also interviewed Robert Rodriguez, if you want to know. I barely said his name. It was like marbles in my mouth. Uh, Any any other uh, theories you guys have or predictions? Yeah, I mean, I I don't think we'll see Din again this season. Really? Um, I think that, well, I don't don't think that we're not going to listen. Here's 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 what my mind is doing. We we brought Din in. We brought in his 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 heart line, Grogu. We know what his next step is. I'd be fine with not seeing him the rest of the season. Okay, they could do it, but I'm just saying I'd be fine with where we are now, refocusing on you know the task at hand for Boba, and honestly giving him more time to impress me because I feel like 
you know, the show is great, but not necessarily because of him. And he has an opportunity right now with this insurmountable or seemingly insurmountable foe. He doesn't have a whole bunch of help. He said, you know what? I'll vanquish him. And all all I need from you guys is just to stay the hell out the way, which, of course, they're not going to do. But uh, as far as that's concerned, I really hope to see more characters from the from the universe. Um, There are characters. I think it would be cool to you know, put characters from these series into the animated series. I haven't seen the Bad Batch yet, but whatever animated series are, are coming up, I would love to see more interplay between those. And God damn it, I feel like Admiral Thawn is out there. Oh, he is. And I feel like we're owed a send-off or some type of uh, Easter egg for Ahsoka. We brought it back to Mandalorian. Now, you know, let's make sure we talk about Ahsoka. Maybe something for Bo-Katan, because that's been announced. You know, if this is what you guys are doing, you want to give a full episode to Din, you know, give us something to to look forward to. You know, say after credit scene or something like that, and and Ahsoka's pulling up somewhere, and you see see Sabine, who's been casted, and you're just like, cut the black. I'm just like, I need new pants. That's... (laughs) I, I, it's over for me at that point. So too, I have I'd a cry. lot of theories. Huh? I'd cry. I was saying I'd cry with, I, yeah. I, I'd be like full tears. Cause Ahsoka's my favorite of all time. I love yeah. her. You guys might not know her. Amanda is a, 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 an Ahsoka cosplayer and a very good one at that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, you pair Ahsoka with Sabine, who's like also one of my favorite characters. Like, them and a buddy, you know, show that I can't see how it's not successful. Uh, but yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm just looking for more world building, more universe building. I don't have a whole lot of stuff that I think is going to happen or, you know, any, so basically any, you want everyone to pull up to the war like the Avengers so, assembling. Yeah. Just like, oh, on your left. There they are. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Imagine if they use that line. Oh, man. Um, I mean, now- Paul Disney. It is. It's all the same universe now. Uh, so let's get to our final segment, which was we're ranking the um, we're going back to not severed arms like we did uh, last week. Uh, we are going back to parsecs on a scale of one to ten parsecs. What we're rating uh, this episode. Uh, OK, do you have something better? No, out? no, yeah, not as good. Did. Sorry. I, really did. I know. It. Last, I know that last week, last week was golden. Yeah, so we based our rating off the arm that was ripped off by, um, I call him Chewbacca Dark, um, because he's, he's <laughs> Chewbacca, I know he's BK, so what he ripped that guy's it was arm one off. to ten severed arms. One to ten severed arms. Uh, so we'll go back to parsecs for this one. Sure. So, uh, Courtney and Marshall, you guys are our guests. Thank you so much for being on with us. Uh, what do you rate this episode on a scale of one to ten parsecs? Ten, of course, being the best. Perfection, actually. I would say 8.5. Yeah, I'm happy with that. No, that's low. Yeah, I'm 8.5. I'm I'm at like a 9.8. Like I'm 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 here on the Richter scale right there. Yeah. There was I mean, like I said, it was as close to an hour perfect TV as I could probably have asked for. So if I if I have to start with nitpicking, then I don't see how you're not at a nine. At least. Uh, it's a nine for me. It's like it's like outside of the 
hey, what does this really do overall for the series? But then again, these these creatives haven't let me down yet. So I got to I got to trust. Uh, I'm sorry to steal this from your beloved 76ers, but I do have to trust the process that Favreau and, and, and Filoni have for Star Wars. I, I just have to. If if the show's name didn't say Book of Boba Fett, if the show's name didn't say The Mandalorian, if it just said Star Wars, yeah, it'd still be good. Would you feel different? You know what I mean? Like, because that's, that's how true. I'm looking yeah. at it. Like, yeah, I agree. I the way you've you've refocused my thinking on a lot of that. So, and I think for me it's a nine because I just I still feel like there's still another perfect episode. Like I, it's hard to beat that season two finale of Mando for me, for any sort of star Wars show. That to me was just, ah, so good. Um, Al. Yeah. I think a nine, I, I'm going to kind of steal uh, Marshall's thunder, but I'm going to say 9.9. 9. This is almost a perfect episode. It really is. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that didn't put it at a 10 Zero Cobb Vanth in it, and that was that was really hurtful. For me. <laughs> always, always starting um, episode. You stole Marshall's. Love I took that personally. I took it. I took that personally. No, I I think really the the one thing, the biggest aspect of it that doesn't make it a ten is they didn't include Boba in it. Could have easily had Fennec say like, "He needs your help," and he just like him chilling over like at the entrance, right? Like he this one little inclusion of the main character of the show that we're watching that would put me at a 10 9.9 this episode was fucking awesome i'm going to be rewatching this one this will be a top 10 episode of the year of anything it is that good it's a great fucking show the only thing i'll say very extremely quickly one of the best episodes of avatar the last airbender was called the storm uh if not the storm well it was basically a, a season one episode that didn't have ang in it at all and it was focused on zuko and one of the best episodes in the series you don't necessarily need the main character to continue to build and tell your story a thousand percent that was one of the best episodes of atlanta doesn't have it barely has Donald Glover in it. Yeah, he's the best. Yeah. So well, he's he's in it. He's but. in it. He's in it, but not his main <laughs> character. Listen, uh, one of the, one yeah. of the best uh, one of the best episodes of Westworld, in my opinion, was in season two when they focused on uh, from the Ghost Nation, uh, the the main guy who actually plays um, Echo's dad in Hawkeye. Uh, that character is the main focus of it, and he's barely in the series, and that to me is still the best episode of. They did in that series, hands down. Yeah, uh, I can do this all day. The two two of the best episodes of uh, Mythic Quest. If you guys watch Mythic Quest, I mean, are really, I mean, that's one season long. So I mean, two like, seasons, by the way, two seasons. Okay. And in each each season, there is these um, episodes that take place in the past that have nothing to do with. They do have things to do with the the storyline, but they don't contain the main characters of the series yeah. and they're two of the best episodes of the series. So it, it's, it, it goes back to what Marshall's saying. Like it's, if it's a good story, it's a good story. You don't necessarily need those characters, but the thing that it just bothersome that it's called the book of Boba Fett, Boba Fett's not in it. That's weird. Amanda. Close this out. I, I honestly thought you were going to say something about like the, the 
the halved space dogs or something like that for our, like our account. I was kind of I know I was going for like I couldn't think of, I couldn't think of it on the <laughs> like, spot. Uh, like the halved space dogs. Sorry. I just like parsecs. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, was well, this we're going with like severed body parts? Like you know, I was like, uh, next time if someone the loses yeah. a lot of next episode, <laughs> I will make that. Um, One out of I ten Grogu shaped gifts. Uh, I mean, that's yeah, cool. Grogu gifts. Grogu like, gifts. Yeah, I maybe that'll be maybe maybe we'll still get Grogu. Maybe we can use him for a future rating. Um, I'm gonna say for me this was like a nine point seven five. I'm gonna go with <laughs> Marshall because I still believe that there's gonna be there's more potential for for greater episodes to come. But this was really fantastic. This has been my favorite episode, not only of this series, but it's right up there because right now I'm with you, Bill. Season two ending for Mando was you know <laughs> it was like I mean we watched that all the time in this house um loved it and I feel like this is gonna be an episode I'm gonna be re-watching over and over again so so good um I just I know that there's even more to come and this episode makes me so excited it was brilliantly done um and I just hope that uh, please 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 let Bryce Dallas Howard direct something of Ahsoka <laughs> as well because if she oh. she yeah, I would cry because if she, she, I mean, she's knocking it out of the park for everything. So please, 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 like Star Wars gods, let her direct something from Ahsoka because I will cry. I will be on here crying and it will be ugly crying because I love Ahsoka so much. Um, so please, please, please. But this episode was was so close to being perfect. Just, just I, I feel like there's just, there's going to be one, maybe, maybe there's one more like trick in the hat or there was a rabbit in the hat. Um that I think we're going to get. There's still more to come, but I love this. It's almost near perfect. All right. This is the way, and this is the end of the episode. Thank you guys all for coming on to talk about this, this wild episode, which kind of took us, I I can ease. I think I'm fairly safe to say took us all by surprise and yet we all (laughs) loved it. So let's plug our social media where people could find you on the internet. So, you know, Courtney and Marshall, tell people where they can find you on Twitter, uh, where they could talk about your podcasts, uh, Twitch, everything you guys got going on. Um, I what really only have Twitter. Uh, Neo Queen Celine, that's a callback to Sailor Moon. Uh, and that's really it. I guess Instagram, but I'm not really on there. Uh, the person who is most prolific on the internet would be my lovely husband, Marshall. Where might they find you, sir? Yeah, yeah. Come see me uh, at the Marshall LP, uh, three L's on Instagram. Come see me on Twitter, uh, Mr. Okami underscore seven, which is also my Twitch handle as well, where we uh, had an amazing stream just earlier tonight. Um, and of course, find us on uh, Anchor and Spotify and all the good places with Blurred Life with my wife. Uh, where we record sometimes um but yes monthly (laughs) clockwork on uh the pop break with the blur watchers shout out to alex for being an amazing uh producer and uh, we always have to name drop him yeah like always we we name drop alex all the time don't worry i'm gonna do it in about a minute so don't worry about it yeah but yeah that's it thank you all right amanda so I am primarily Instagram. I am at a Mandalorian. Yes, it was based after the Mandalorian. <laughs> so yes, that's where my handle comes from. Um, but at uh, at Mandalorian on, on Instagram. And of course, Mission Pro Wrestling, please follow us. We are on all socials uh, at Mission Pro Wrestling, Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube, 
Twitter. So please, uh, and of course, follow us, check us out Saturday, um, Title Match Network, Crazy Train. It's going to be amazing. If you're in the Texas area, come down to Conroe, come down to Southern Star, have a cold one, and just watch a bunch of just fantastic wrestling. So thank you guys for having me. It's always a pleasure uh, to chat and be part of the Bubble Book Club. All right, Al. You can find me at Al Manorino on Twitter and Instagram. You can see concert photos. I actually went to a concert. I was so excited. Of Casey Musgraves, King Princess, and Muna. Fucking awesome lineup, honestly. Uh, Great show. Uh, Soundboard shots, sorry, but you'll see my uh, photos and review on thepopbreak.com very soon. Um, Yeah, that's about it so far. Okay. And as for me, my name, I am Bill Bodkin. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Bodkin Writes. Also, uh, check out thepopbreak.com every single day. Talk about music, TV, uh, uh, film, uh, pro wrestling, anime, comic books, all that great stuff. Of course, at the Pop Break on Twitter, at the Pop Break on Instagram. And this weekend, I'm deb- debuting a new podcast series on Anchor, Google, Apple, and Spotify under the uh, Breakcast Hub. That is called Bill versus Marvel. Famously, I've never finished the MCU, so I'm doing a rewatch with Alex Marcus, and we talk about Iron Man, Iron Man 2, and the Hulk. So thank you so much for joining us for this uh, sort of Mandalorian podcast, but Book of Boba Fett book club. Thanks. Thanks.